This is Art, and this is the Iditarod Daily Diary for Thursday, March 9th. I was planning to record an entry yesterday, but literally I had been up for 24 hours. Not intentionally, of course, but the way that the workflow goes with Iditarod is uh, nonstop. I was delirious. I, I couldn't catch a nap. I couldn't, uh, you know, get a normal set of... Uh, sleeping window, couldn't get eight hours, couldn't get seven hours. So I was up for about 24 hours. I had an hour broken, then I went back for four hours. So this morning, Thursday, I'm here on five hours sleep, and I feel okay. It's really, I guess, critical for my body to get onto the Iditarod clock and not the East East Coast clock. And I kind of knew that, but I was, I was hoping for something different. I'm not sure why. Normally, I'm up at 5 a.m., 4.30 a.m., and I go to bed by 9.30 at night. Last night, my last recording was almost 2 a.m., and then I had to get up again at 4.30 a.m. for another uh, musher coming through a checkpoint, and then you know I was able to get back to sleep for about four hours after that, so... That's how it goes. I feel a little bit better this morning. I had a few victories yesterday in my Iditarod live streaming universe. We have three live streaming kits, and there are two content producing teams. The the main talent, Greg Heister and Bruce Lee, with uh, Mr. Tom Chartrand and his live streaming kit. And they do a lot of the live commentary, long hits. Sometimes, last night we did a 45-minute live hit. And then we have a reporter from the local TV station who's now retired, and her name is Liz Failer, and she does back-of-the-pack interviews, color pieces, uh, human interest stuff. The problem is that the two content teams want to send live content back to me, usually at the same time. And it's a little bit of like the traffic cop situation where I'll have the uh, A-team on the air, Liz will want to go on the air with an interview. I can't do them both at the same time since we only have one streaming channel. So yesterday I figured out that I could basically use a second uh, live streaming document, if you will, sort of like, you know, you have a Photoshop document and you open up a second document and you copy and paste stuff between the two. Well, I was able to open up a second live streaming document and I could record Liz off air, if you will. She would do the live interview, I would record it, and then I could either play it live when it was convenient and I had the channel free, or I could uh, just post it as a on-demand clip afterwards. And I figured it out, and that was pretty handy because it lets everybody do their thing when they want to do it, and I could just take it to air when it's appropriate. So that was one little victory. The other victory was that I got my MIDI control surface. I mentioned... Uh, the other night that I was having trouble just switching between apps and getting literally getting the mouse over fast enough to open up the uh, mixer channel for live mics and this and that. It was really complicated. A few times I would upcut the uh, the top of the uh, live hit because I didn't get the literally didn't get the mouse over to open up the fader in time. So I ordered a cheap $150 Surface from Amazon on Monday came yesterday 
and I didn't have high hopes for it because I plugged it in and the thing looked like a disco with lights flashing and all kinds of crazy stuff. And the, the build quality doesn't seem too good. I bought a Novation Launch Control XL panel. It's got like uh, eight faders and a bunch of knobs. It's just a surface, MIDI surface, but it actually works exactly the way I need. I can use the faders to control the faders on the screen. I can mute channels and I can unmute them with a simple button. And it's a lot quicker. I can use it with my left hand while I'm controlling things on the right with my mouse or my my stream deck. So that part, another little win, made everything a lot easier. My third win yesterday was something out of necessity. We had the uh, A-team of Greg and Bruce in a checkpoint. They couldn't move because of weather. You know, everything uh, on the Iditarod Trail, most of the flights uh, in bush planes is visual flight readings, which basically means you have to be able to see. And it was a storm that blew in, snow, low visibility, you know, almost impossible to fly in. So they're on the ground. They're trying to fill time because they couldn't move cameras. There wasn't a lot of stuff happening in the checkpoint. So we decided to do a, you know, undetermined length of time piece with a fan Q&A, where I would read the questions from the fans who submit them in the uh, private chat room, and Greg and Bruce would answer them. It's something that we've done in years past. It's always been complicated because usually my control room is in Alaska at a hotel, and I don't always have all the pieces that I need. You know, like sometimes you need an extra, an extra mixer or an extra microphone or whatever. So in the past, we've done it where I've read the questions over a phone connection to the talent's ear. The talent has to re read the question or restate the question, which is a little clunky and a little awkward, and then they would answer it. So this time I could put my mic on the air. I was feeding the talent the questions via the IFB out of Unity, and it worked pretty well. I mean, it was like a four or five second delay on the Unity intercoms, but it wasn't bad, and it actually worked very well. It was interactive and of course, at the end of the day, the the fan experience is the most important part of it. So that worked. Three little victories yesterday. Not so good for sleeping, but I did get some sleep last night. Hopefully, I'll try to get better on the sleep schedule. Today is going to be more of the same traffic cop, juggling, fixing. More stories from the Iditarod Trail next time.